Yeah, 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 yeah. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. I think we live, baby. I think we live. No Wi-Fi issues today. It's the San Francisco 49ers morning show and got a lot to talk about. We had a Von Miller trade to the, uh, what, LA Rams? I want to talk about the front office a little bit. And are the 49ers being aggressive enough? Are they not? We're going to get into that. And also, there was some comments and, and, and a hot topic about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan. What was going on before halftime? We'll discuss all that and more right here. So keep it locked. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker, and I'm excited because, shoot, man, we weren't here yesterday. I felt like I was, like, missing a part of my, like, my family, like, missing a part of my routine. I'm like, man, like... This can't be life. This can't be life going an hour and a half without talking to my good folks. If you haven't already, make sure you have liked this video. Make sure you subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, if you're new to the show, you already know we got the flames coming in. Five flames if you're doing, I put 10 fingers up. Five flames if you're doing amazing. Uh, anything less than that is unacceptable, and we got to figure that out, and we need to talk through that together. We come on here every day, man. We're like a family. So I want to make sure everybody's mental is good. Make sure that, uh, you know, all y'all, everybody's, in, you know, in the right headspace. 49ers got to win a little bit more, a little bit more, uh, you know, got a little more, more, you know, pep in our step, a little more balance in our step going. All right. It's Wednesday. Today, today's Wednesday, right? Hump day. So, you know, we're getting over that hump. Uh, as usual, I got to shout out some of the things I do. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. I see my guy Demarcus. He got, what is that, eight flames? I got my glasses on today so I can see a little bit better, y'all. By the way. This podcast or this show is now also a podcast. So at the end of this episode, you'll be able to head over. If you don't catch the whole thing and you don't want to watch through, but you want to listen while you do dishes or whatever it is, you'll be able to head over to uh, Apple or Spotify or wherever it is, and we'll be loading this up. Uh, so yeah, make sure you guys do that. If you haven't already, you already know. You got to listen to the the uh, Locked On 49ers podcast, Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Make sure you guys listen to all those things. Support the show. I'll put links in, in the chat for everything or in the description. I appreciate everybody that rocks with me every single morning. Let's go. We got the merchandise coming. It's on the way, y'all. The merchandise is on the way. I promise. Frontline Sports, we got the uh, we got the billion-dollar mindset hoodies. We got the billion-dollar mindset beanies and hats coming. Man, let's go, man. Let's go. I see y'all like this, man. This is the nine right here. One nine, feel me? 209 all the time. You know what I'm saying? All right. Here we go. Uh, doing as good as Dave Chappelle, not giving a blank what others say. You know, I, I just commented on that. And, you know, the the I don't even want to butcher the, the name, but the, the LGBTQ, uh, it's an aggressive group. And uh, I was listening to his comedy special. I just saw the, the LGBTQ, uh, the CEO came out and was like, Dave Chappelle hasn't shown remorse. And I'm like, Dave Chappelle's not going to show remorse because his main message throughout that stand-up was that y'all are minorities just like us. Y'all minorities. We're all minorities. 
And uh, that was one of the biggest things that he was trying to push across. But I guess if you don't really like watch it, maybe you didn't catch that. But that's what he said, man. Like, listen, we're all minorities. Y'all are not the enemies. We are the same. You know, just want everybody to be treated the same, you know, and let you understand, like, listen, we're not the enemies. We are all minorities. We are all minorities. If you are, you know, a part of that group, you are a minority in this world. You are a minority in this world. So he's like, man, I understand. But uh, they keep going at them. They keep going at them. I'm not going to say that word, Trice. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that. You know, I appreciate everybody that's in here, man. But you already know, we're going to open up the chat, get everybody in here live. All right. Uh, but let's talk about it, man. Von Miller, he was traded from the Denver Broncos to the L.A. Rams. And the crazy thing is he was traded. It was, you know, a second round pick, third round pick, which is. Not bad, but, you know, depending on who Von Miller is, because he's clearly, he's not Von Miller. That's not to say he can't make an impactful play on any, at any given time. But he's not the, the Von Miller that we're used to seeing. All right. But he still can play. And they give up a second round pick, a third round pick. It's going to be hell trying to stop him and Aaron Donald. That's going to be hell for any team. But a lot of people see that and they think, man, oh, it must be nice to have a front office that, is aggressive. It must be nice to have a front office that gets after it. And I will say this. Maybe the 49ers don't make every move that we would like them to make. You know what I'm saying? And I'll, I'll answer that question, kid. That, But maybe the 49ers don't make every move we would like them to make. But I do feel like Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo have been aggressive. And maybe even more so than a lot of other teams. Now, I think where they haven't been aggressive is maybe like getting the superstar that's available, right? Like getting the the Jalen Ramsey who really moves the needle, you know, going to get the Matthew Stafford, right? Dragging their feet a little bit on that, you know, going to get the Von Miller. But they have been aggressive, right? I mean, look, D4, that was a guy that was coming off of what, 13, 14, 15 sacks uh, with Kansas City. 49ers like, all right, let's go get him. Second round pick. They also looked into uh, uh, Odell Beckham during that same time. And just got outbidded. But the mindset that they have, it, it was aggressive. Uh, you know, going to get Emmanuel Sanders. And they gave up a third and a fourth or something like that to go get Emmanuel Sanders right uh, before the trade deadline to help a Super Bowl run. I feel like that was aggressive. Going to get Trent Williams, like that was aggressive. Going to get Trey Lance. I mean, come on, you gave up two future first-round picks. And I believe there was a third-round pick in there as well or something like that. Like, that was aggressive. I do feel like the 49ers make aggressive moves. And I think as a fan base, especially when you see the Rams and kind of what they're doing, it's like, man, no, we want you to be more aggressive. And I get it. I get the I get the pushback on them, but I, I do believe they have an aggressive mindset. Now, again, do they do they go and get the guys that we want every single time? No, they don't. Do they go and get the Jamal Adams. And I know right now there's a lot of jokes about Jamal Adams, but when he was available, a lot of people, you'd take him, right? When that whole thing was happening, the Seahawks was like, man, we'll give up two first-round picks for Jamal Adams. Uh, you know, so, but what's the right way? What's the wrong way? And, you know, I've been listening to Kyle, uh, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and the big thing that they've been pushing is they want to do things the right way. My question is, like, what? like, what is the right way? All right. Now, let's talk about what is the right way. Let's talk about 
you know, being aggressive, you know, is it boom, is it boom or bust? Is it Super Bowl or bust and all those? And I I don't believe, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't believe in Super Bowl or bust. Uh, I believe in every year putting your team in position to win the Super Bowl or give your give your team the best chance to be competitive and potentially win a Super Bowl. But I don't believe that if you don't win the Super Bowl, then your whole season is a failure. As someone that covers the 49ers, and clearly I'm a fan of the 49ers, I want to watch a good product on the field more than anything. Not saying I want that more than the Super Bowl, but I would like to see my team, at the very least, be consistently in that conversation, right? And the Rams, they have put themselves in that conversation to where at least the vibes are up, right? Everybody's walking different. Everybody's walking around. Like, the fans are like, hell yeah, like my team is... You know what I'm saying? We tight like that, right? Like my team, they have a chance to win it all. 49ers, we're not walking around like that. And a matter of fact, for the better part of, you know, the last 20 years, we haven't had that bounce in our step. There's been a few years, I'd say, heading into 2013, um, I mean, excuse me, 2011, we didn't have that bounce in our step heading into 2011. It wasn't until midway through the year where we're like, oh, we are kind of good, <laughs> right? And then I remember getting our butts kicked by, Baltimore on uh, Thanksgiving. I was like, oh, we'll see how good we are. And obviously the 49ers went to the NFC Championship game. And then after that, it was just like, yeah, like we're, we're a good football team. And we had that bounce our stuff for the next few years, even heading into 2014, where the expectations were Super Bowl, right? Like just having that confidence in your team. Um, even heading into 2019, like that was, oh, we're Super Bowl, like, no, we're a year away, right? That was a conversation. Next thing you know, it's like, damn, we're eight. No, nobody's giving us any respect. Like, we are legitimately a, a Super Bowl team. Like, we don't really – we haven't really had the opportunity to really walk around like, 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 and feel like that, right? But I I, I think there's something about g general managers and teams that put themselves in positions to potentially win the Super Bowl. Now, you can't – you're not going to – you're, you're – more, everything is stacked against you when it comes to winning a Super Bowl. That's why when everybody says Super Bowl or bust, and if you don't win a Super Bowl, it's a failure. No, like, I, I would love to go through a year and at least feel like we have a chance. Every year. If you told me every year the 49ers have a chance, I would love that feeling. And I don't think it's a bust if you don't win it. Because ultimately, like, I want to have a good time watching games. I hate watching games feeling like my team has no chance to win at all. That is like the worst feeling. That's the worst feeling. And more times than not, that's how we feel as 49er fans. So everybody's saying it's boom or bust. And if the Rams don't win at all because of, you know, how they've loaded up, like, nah, man, like that has to be a good feeling just to know that you have an opportunity to win. You're one out of 32 teams that legitimately have a chance. And not everybody can say that, right? Even if 49ers somehow make it to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Most of this year that we're going through it, we, we didn't feel like that, right? Like, does this, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, does this feel like a championship team to you? I feel like we got the pieces, right? I feel like we have all the pieces to really compete, but it doesn't feel like that. The Rams, like, they feel like that. And the fans, they get to watch all 18 weeks of the NFL season feeling like that. They get to watch, you know, heading into the playoffs feeling like that. And I get it. Every the goal is to win the Super Bowl, but as somebody that covers the 49ers and as somebody that's a fan of the 49ers, I would love to just have that feeling. 
throughout the year of knowing that my team has, you know, they have a chance. So that's kind of my thoughts on that, on the whole Super Bowl bus thing. Von Miller, he's headed over to the Rams. Uh, we'll see how that impacts the NFC West. Clearly, they don't care about draft picks. Uh, and again, I started off by saying, you know, 49ers have said they're going to build this thing the right way. I think they've made aggressive moves when they felt like they needed to. I feel like the Rams make aggressive moves and maybe more impactful players. But uh, right now, no matter what, everybody says that this is gonna, thing is going to die out and it's going and the Rams are eventually going to fall off. I'm not, I'm not seeing that yet. I'm not. I, it seems like they continue to do things. This didn't just start now. Right? It didn't just start with Jalen Ramsey. It didn't just start with, um, you know, Stafford, Aaron, uh, uh, Von Miller. I mean, this goes back to even trading for Brandon Cooks, who ultimately, you know, was the receiver that kind of maybe put them over the top to help with their Super Bowl run. So, yeah, that's that's just my feeling on that. Super Bowl bust, I, I don't think that's a real thing. I don't think Super Bowl bust is a real team. One out of 32 teams is going to win the Super Bowl. And as, as somebody that covers the 49ers, as somebody that's a fan of the 49ers, I would love to just walk around throughout the year and really feel confident that my team has the opportunity to win the Super Bowl. For the better part of the last 20 years, the 49ers have, haven't had that feeling. All right, if you haven't already, make sure you guys hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, all that good stuff. All right, uh, Underdog Fantasy promo code Crocky. I got a lot of people that's hit me, man. We're making some money. I made... 200 last week, man, another, what, 190 this week, but then I lost 30, and I lost 5, I lost 10. So I probably netted about mm, 130 bucks this week. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, and I should mention, too, about being aggressive, and I, and I see somebody talk about, uh, you know, 49ers trading for Matthew Stafford and stuff like that. I am a big, firm believer, and I am a big believer and like building organically, right? Like, like my thought process by nature, if you guys, you know, we're in the, like a Madden league that I'm in, I do strongly believe like in, you know, drafting and developing, like to my core is drafting and developing. So I don't, you know, I don't know what is exactly right. Wait, like when it comes to Trey Lance, like I love the thought of having Trey Lance over Matthew Stafford because I do believe in draft and develop, but also, uh, I would not complain at all, and I would have loved to have Matthew Stafford. So there's two parts of that, but I, I see both ends of it. Got my guy uh, Marco Sands in here. He says 62% of viewers aren't sub. Come on. So if you're at, so that means uh, out of this 100 people watching right now, six, 60 of y'all are not sub to this channel. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button right now. Make sure you guys hit that like button right now. Appreciate everybody that's in here already this morning. Let's get into the next topic, man. And that's Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. And they have been reporting. And, you know, obviously we heard Grant Cohen. He was the one that touched on it. Uh, KP show tapped him. was like, hey, man, like, why is Kyle Shanahan not focused on the game? And he's talking to Jimmy Garoppolo. And that was the extent of what KP said. He just, just kind of noticed that plays were going on. And Shanahan was just talking to Jimmy. So I guess Grant did some digging and found out that what was said. So he has somebody, and we do have people. I know a couple of people on the 49ers. I know one person that gives me some insight, like on the receivers and stuff. This person is kind of close to receivers with things that happens, uh, tells me certain things that they hear from inside the building. Uh, I also know a coach on the staff, which out of respect 
I don't reach out to him and ask him questions, but I do know somebody that's a coach on the staff. Uh, maybe in the, coming to the offseason now, like legitimately ask him some questions about certain things that transpired throughout this season. But it is not hard to have somebody inside the building, especially if you're just around it. All right. So Grant Cohn did say that, hey, I had somebody, I asked him about the situation, what was being said. And from what he said, Kyle Shanahan was saying to Jimmy Garoppolo, it's simple shit. <laughs> uh, can you do it or not? And Jimmy said, yeah, I could do it. Now, there's two sides to this. One, from the coach's standpoint, like coaches just kind of talk like that, right? Like sometimes coaches, they just, they talk about like, hey, man, like, like, bro, like this stuff is simple. Like I'm laying it out for you, man, just do it. And those conversations happen all the time, every game. I think the more intriguing part of this was everybody also said during that time, right before halftime, you had Trey Lance warming up. And that was like, all right, like you start to piece these things together and might be a bit of a conspiracy theory, but I don't think that it's outside the realm of possibility that this was something that was potentially going to happen. A benching of Jimmy Garoppolo at halftime. If you guys remember what that first half was like, man, it was, it was bad. It was bad. You know, there wasn't, I wasn't confident about what had been, you know, transpiring throughout the first half. It, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, 49ers, are, they're so doing this and they're doing that. The Bears are not a good football team. I repeat, Bears are not a good football team. And the Bears aren't good and the 49ers are losing to them at halftime. Like, what does that make the 49ers? Again, we'll go back to the first couple of games. And I wasn't talking on here yet. We came up with this morning show a little bit later. But you go back to the first couple of weeks. If you listen to uh, Locked On 49ers, then you heard me talk about this. Matter of fact, Brian Peacock and I took a lot of heat from the actual 49er fans about this. And they were like, hey, you guys are too negative. You guys are too negative about this. You know, the 49ers are 2 0. Just be happy. Just be happy. 49ers are 2 0. And my thing was, and, and I was talking about it at the time, what are the expectations for the 49ers? The, the standard. The standard is not the Detroit Lions. The standard is not the Philadelphia Eagles. Like everybody said, oh, 49ers, they'll start 2 0. That right now, again, is is a lot easier said than done. They did start off on the road, you know, both road games. Uh, so those are really good wins to, you know, have those victories on the road. But that was the big thing, right? Like, you know, 49ers, they should be starting off 2 0. Like this is a favorite, favorable start. So they won both games, but they, it was just something odd about it, right? It, it wasn't games that they just completely dominated. Uh, the Lions game for the better part of that game, but still weird things happened. The Philadelphia Eagles game was ugly, right? I mean, they didn't score until half, like going into halftime, just really odd the way it was playing out. And I didn't have a lot of confidence with what was going on with the team at that time, even though they beat two teams. But I'm thinking like, if the 49ers are this championship team that we think they are, like they should really kind of boat race these teams, right? Like, it should be, like, no doubt 49ers just a better team. And I walked away feeling like, damn, man, maybe Philadelphia is good. It turns out they're not. And then the 49ers rattled off four straight losses. And that let me know, like, man, <laughs> there's a chance 49ers are just not a good team, and maybe they won't be who we think that they are, right? So I I, I look at those situations, and I look at, uh, you know, everything that kind of transpired. And then you look at the Bears game 
and and you look at how they won the game, and we're happy about it, right? Like now the 49ers are the 49ers are you know three and four. But you start to look at the victories, and, and I'm not saying all victories are good victories at this time. You got to get in the rhythm, but you look at these victories and you're like, all right, man, uh God, you beat the Lions, they ain't won a game yet. Beat the Eagles, other teams have really dominated them. And now you beat the Chicago Bears, who are coming off of a game where they got destroyed, destroyed by Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Was it 35-3 or something like that? Like, it was just a shellacking, right? So I look at that, and I look at how the 49ers, when you look at the final score, you know, they won by, like, 11 points. And it's like, okay, that was a good win. But was it? Like, the way it looked, the way the first half was, and they come out, and it's just like, you're not really punching in the mouth. And I think Kyle Shanahan is looking at it like, Jimmy, you are the quarterback. Again, and we've talked about it. You are the quarterback. I need you to look better, especially against teams that we should be dominating. And heading into halftime, up, you know, up into that 50-yard pass, that was not the case. I haven't put out the, the little meme picture of um, uh, Will Smith with the hat sideways and you know, him looking all sad and stuff. Like, like, that was how I felt in the first half. So, the fact that, you know, there is potentially being reported that Kyle Shanahan was kind of scolding Jimmy Garoppolo on the sideline, saying, like, Brett, like, this is simple stuff. Can you do it or not? I really think that that was a conversation that happened. Then you hear reports of Trey Lance warming up on the sideline. Now, would Trey Lance had come, on, come in and did what Jimmy Garoppolo did the second half? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I still, I, I feel like, and I saw somebody say, well, you know, 49ers could have easily been 0-2 if Trey Lance had started the first two games. I feel like 49ers would be better now for that. It's hard to expect. Like, but I don't know if they would have started 0-2. I think, you know, maybe they could have found ways to win, whatever the case is. But Jimmy Garoppolo, and we look at that game, and it's like Jimmy Garoppolo had a good game. He had a good game. And I even said that, like, okay, Jimmy, like, he needed that. I went back and watched that game last night, and I was just like, it didn't, I, I think I saw the way that it ended, and, and I think we were really happy to see that the 49ers came away with a W, but I went back and watched it, and I was just like, it's still weird. It's still weird. And okay, they beat the Chicago Bears, but I think we're supposed to beat them a little bit more handily if we are going to be who we want to be. And right now, I don't think we're that. So I am excited to see. This game against the Arizona Cardinals, again, the 49ers have been in a lot of these games where, you know, four straight losses, and they probably easily could have won all four of those games. So it's hard to just say that the 49ers are a bad team. But, again, the bad thing that they were doing was finding different ways to lose. I think right now they're going to have to figure out and find ways to continue to win. String together these wins and start to believe that you really are who you think you are. And I think right now, as fans, we think that's a good team. This is a good team that has to – take that next step somehow I think as players they're feeling that as well but now you got to do it you got it you got to do it Croc you're pointing out Jimmy which wasn't sharp at the beginning remember the wide receivers were dropping passes also how many drops did we have last Sunday yeah so in the first half alone there were three drop passes that's for sure now again I'm not saying that Jimmy wasn't I don't want to say that he wasn't sharp it was just weird all right, so whatever you take from that, right? Like, it was just like field goals, field goals. Did have a missed field goal early on. But at the end of the day, for whatever reason, the 49ers, they 
And we're losing heading into halftime to a team that they should be far better than. So, yeah, Debo had two. Sanu had one. Uh, definitely passes you would like your series to catch. I've talked about with Debo Samuel, though. I'm not – you won't hear me say anything bad about Debo Samuel in his drops because if you are a guy who makes big plays – and remember, I mean, the play that really sparked the 49ers, this was early – what, in the third quarter? I don't think the 49ers had even scored a touchdown yet. But the big play that sparked him was on third and 20, Debo took a screen 80 yards. Like, that was the play. So, you know, Debo, like, hey, if he drops a pass, y'all won't hear me complain because that's a guy, I mean, and I talked about it even with quarterbacks, right? If you're a quarterback that misses throws but you make plays, I'm okay with that. If you're a quarterback that misses throws and you're not a playmaker, then that's when I have issues. Same thing with receivers. If you're not a guy who's dynamic, explosive, and making plays, like, say, like, a Kendrick Bourne, right? Even though you have to understand what he is, right? So wide receiver three or whatever. But, you know, he would drop these – he would have these games where he dropped passes. And it's like, man, you're not dynamic enough to drop these passes, right? D Debo, he could drop a pass. He could lead the league in drops. But he's going to be a 1,600-yard receiver this year. So I'll live with some drops if he's going to make the plays that he is an average 20 yards a catch. <laughs> so uh, that is what it is. You guys won't hear me say anything bad about Debo Samuel. Uh, not only does Debo make big plays, but he gets 80% of his passes, so he's going to have a drop or two. Yeah, but even then, like, you know, you get all those, I mean, and I don't want to compare him to Devontae Adams, but Devontae Adams has a really high percentage of his team's uh, passing uh, production, and he's not dropping that many passes. So, you like to see Debo, hey, man, just catch the ball, but... He's such a big playmaker. And sometimes with guys that are looking to make plays, maybe that's some of the issue too, right? You look at some of these drops he's had. I went back and I was watching the game against the Arizona Cardinals. Is it the Cardinals? And Debo Samuel, he dropped a – he's a slant route. It was uh, – I believe it was the Cardinals. And you had uh, Trey Lance throw a slant to him right there, and it just hit him like boom right here. And I think sometimes, especially on these slant routes – I think I think Debo is looking to make a play, right? Like, that's the best part of his game, the run after catch. And I think he's thinking too much about what, what he's going to do with the ball the next step before <laughs> securing the pass. So there could be a concentration thing with Debo Samuel in these drops. I, I don't think he just has, like, bad hands. He has definitely demonstrated having strong hands, and obviously we know about the big playability. But I think sometimes he's thinking about what's next before securing the the catch. That's kind of just something I take note of. Yeah, he dropped one. It was against the Cardinals, I believe. Uh, Trey Lance hit him on the slant route. It was a money pass, too. I was like, oh, good pass, you know, slant route. It's easy. And when I, with Trey Lance, those are the ones, like, you know, sometimes he misses, right? Like, just a simple slant route. And it's like, man, you throw it up five yards over his head. So it was good to see him. Like, oh, man, you put it on him. <laughs> like, all right, Debo, you got to gotta uh, capitalize on those while you can right now because uh, Trey Lance might throw it. Somewhere else next time. All right, here we go. It's early in this conversation. What I want to do now is I want to bring you guys on to talk. Those were the two things I really wanted to touch on, and I felt like we touched on those good. So uh, here we go. I put the link in the chat for you guys to come on and speak your mind. If you haven't already, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Almost 200 of you guys in here. And like Marco said earlier, 60% of you guys aren't subscribers. So I'm going to need all 60%, 62% of you guys who aren't subscribers, go right now, hit that subscribe button. And if you haven't already hit that like button, we come on here. I wanted to make this more like a talk show. 
All right. Not just a, a show where, you know, I come on and you guys listen to me rant or talk or whatever the case is. Like, I want to hear your guys' perspective. I want to hear y'all talk about it. This is more of a, a radio show. Man, you guys come on, speak your mind, click the link. I know I have my regulars that come on here. Uh, this show will always also now be on Spotify, Apple, Pods, all that stuff. So every day, if you miss half of this or whatever, you miss the bulk of the most important part of this conversation, go back, listen to it. It'll be on Apple. Here we go. We got Ayu uh, look better past two games. You know, Ayu, I think he always has that ability. They just finally started uh, incorporating him, throwing him the damn ball. <laughs> All right, here we go. Coming up first, we got my guy, Jay. Jay, hey, what's good, dog? You're going to have to uh, shout out. Where you at? You know where you where uh, where they can find all your stuff because you're big in this Niner space as well. And you're building your YouTube show back up, man. And maybe people don't know that you lost your last one. Maybe they're still subscribed to the last one, but they need to subscribe to the new uh, show, man. So talk to them a little bit about where that's at. Yeah, I appreciate that, Croc. Uh, hopefully you can hear me okay. I'm on the road, so that's why I'm. Uh, yeah, got you good. Got good. Video. All right, perfect. So. Yeah, you can find me at Last Second Sports. As Croc said, uh, you know, I had an old YouTube channel that that uh, got deleted. So we're on the come up again. We've been going for a couple weeks and, and just trying to get those subs back. So that's where you can find us. Just search Last Second Sports. Um, one of the, the topics that came up last night, Croc, on my show, and I wanted to run it by you to see what your thoughts are. Um, you know, for me, Debo Samuel is my favorite player on the team. But I start to look at things, you know, you look at how the 49ers paid Kittle, which obviously I was on board with that. But you're talking about a guy who's a real football player, a lot like Debo, right? These guys that do not shy away from contact. In fact, they seek it in most scenarios. So you've also got guys who have had injury paths. So my question to you is, if, the 49ers, let's say this offseason, somebody comes to them before they pay Debo and says, listen, we will give you a first-round pick for Debo Samuel. What would you do in that scenario? No. No? I, I, I'm not going to. First of all, the 49ers haven't had this type of protection from a receiver in a long time, right? Now, I think just with his ability, I want to build around Debo. Uh, you yeah. know, a guy who does it all. You can find different ways to get the ball in his hands. He's explosive. He makes plays. Like, I'm not letting that go, and not for a first-round pick because, as we've seen, especially with the 49ers, they've been hit and miss with first-round picks. So Debo, who has proven to be very productive when healthy, and this is going back to his rookie year, right? Like this isn't – I know everybody's looking at this year, and obviously he's having an amazing year, and he's outdone his production from his rookie year. But he was almost – he almost had 1,000 total yards as a rookie where – you know, and he missed a game that year, and he was a pivotal part of the 49ers going to Super Bowl. Matter of fact – potentially the 49ers one could have possibly been Super Bowl MVP, right? Like, he was playing that well. So, no, first-round pick, that's not going to do it for my guy Debo Samuel because he's too big of a piece for the 49ers, all right? And the 49ers, maybe if they were a team that had a better history of, you know, drafting and developing receivers, maybe I'd be more opposed to, you know, all right, let them let walk or trade them for a first-round pick. If they were the Pittsburgh Steelers or, you know, they were, you know, just – any of these, uh, the, maybe even the Vikings who have done a really good job with receivers, then, all right, maybe. But that ain't been the case for the 49ers. They've really struggled to find a receiver that has been consistent and that has been able to produce. So no way, I'm not trading him. One first, for sure, not going to do it. 
it would have to be much more than that to really get me to move off of Debo Samuel. And I don't care. They're going to have to pay him. But whatever. You got players that play well like that. You got to play. You got to pay them. You got to pay them. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning that way as well. Like I said, you know, for me, Debo truly is my favorite player on the team. The only scenario where I would do it, and this is where this would be a huge win. Again, this is there's a lot of ifs going into it. But, you know, let's say you could sign a, uh, a Devontae Adams, right? Pay him instead of paying Debo and then flip Debo for a first. Then now I'm interested. Now my ears perk up. But um, just straight up losing Debo for a first, that would be a tough one because you're right. They don't they just don't draft very well. Like that's just the way that it works. So especially at that position. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. It was just a topic of conversation that came up. Last thing I want to say, just a couple things on the way out is, um, you know, the 49ers are, are getting some breaks their way. You know, obviously the Rams are going to be super tough after their trade. They would have been tough anyways. But you've got Henry that's now going to miss time. You know, the Cardinals are, are very banged up. I think, you know, I know it was the Bears, right? And, and anybody who follows me on Twitter knows that I will point out anything that's not going well. But right now the 49ers are starting to have some, some things break their way. They've got a real outside shot here at making the playoffs. You've got the Vikings who they're fighting with that for that last spot, who just lost Hunter for the year. So, you know, as many injuries as the 49ers have had, there's a lot of things that are, are starting to break their way here. And, um, you know, there's there's an outside shot at, the, at these playoffs for sure. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's on the 49ers to really take advantage of that, right? You know, you're looking at a team where, you know, I thought like, oh, yeah, 49ers, like they should beat the Seahawks. I, I didn't think the Seahawks were good. Dang, they lost that game. The 49ers, they should beat the Colts. You know, I didn't think the Colts were that good. Dang, they lost that game. Right, you look at the Colts where other teams are finding ways to lose. Somehow, 49ers against the Colts found a way to lose. So, I think with 49ers right now, it's about you know getting in that rhythm, getting in that groove, and finding ways to win until everything really starts kind of going your way. But yeah, it, things are kind of breaking your way, but they still have to capitalize on that. Yeah, 1000%. And then the last thing on my way out, man, is uh, so we just saw what it could look like with Trey Lance. We we just saw Justin Fields up close and you know, don't get me wrong, Fields has certainly struggled really up to this point. He's shown flashes, but he put it all together against the 49ers. And, you know, my whole point to the the sit Trey crowd, he's not ready, is, you know, we just saw Jimmy Garoppolo probably at his best in that game. You know, one of one of his best performances in a 49er uniform. And to me, I still don't take it over what Justin Fields put out on that field on Sunday. I'm taking what Justin Fields did and I'm running with it the rest of the season. And that's where the 49ers could have been with Trey Lance had he started all year, regardless of what the record is. I think the outlook of the season from today forward would look a lot more positive if Trey Lance had been the starter, because I'm taking that Justin Fields performance any day over the best Jimmy Garoppolo that we've seen in, in possibly two years. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, my, my thoughts are, yes, in theory, I 100% agree with you. I think the pushback from the organization would be they felt like Jimmy Garoppolo would have more of those type of games than what he kind of has done to start the season. I hope that makes sense. Right? Like they were depending <laughs> on Jimmy Garoppolo to come out and just be like, can you just be sharp, right? Can you just – uh, do the things that help lead to wins, even if you're not 100% the reason why we win. But, you know, the botched snap where he just takes it and ends up scoring a touchdown. Like, can you do those things where you kind of play above the X's and O's 
And if you can, then we're going to win games and we don't have to play the rookie quarterback. And I think now kind of wrapping my brain around things with Kyle Shanahan and some of the things he's been saying, that has been the case to not play the rookie and to have Jimmy Garoppolo have more games like that. The issue is he only had that kind of game in the second half and still it sounds like was seconds away, but from potentially getting benched. So Jimmy, we're going to need you to put it together for a full game. And I'm not quite sold on that performance against the Bears that had just got torched by the uh, Buccaneers the week before. So I got to see more of Jimmy Garoppolo and see if he can kind of string this together. But I think the goal was Jimmy to play more like what he did in the second half, play like that to start the season, and you wouldn't have to go with the rookie. And we wouldn't even have to worry about, you know, wonder where he's at with his development. It would just be like, all right, you know, he's they're doing the right thing for him. 49ers are winning games in the process. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure you saw what I saw. You look at the throw charts, you look at the game, really outside of one deep throw, that was the same Jimmy. Like, that was not – there was no difference there. He wasn't throwing outside the numbers. He wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary. You know, you, you had an 80-yard pass that was thrown behind the line of scrimmage, and you had one really good throw. I, I will definitely give him that throw, one really good throw, with his back against the wall because possibly he was looking at getting benched to Debo right before the half. Um, outside of that, it was the same old Jimmy to me. But Croc, keep doing your thing. Yeah, everybody out there, if you have not subscribed to Croc, if you have not liked this video, make sure you do so. Croc is the uh, the king of 49ers Twitter, so make sure you give oh, him some love. Man, nah, man. Croc, I appreciate <laughs> you. Have a good one. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, I, I'd say um, just to the last thing that he, he talked about with, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and it being kind of like the same thing we've seen from Jimmy, but I do think that there's a scenario where even with the same Jimmy Garoppolo that we're used to seeing, you can win with that. And I think that's what the 49ers were banking on, right? Like, yeah, it wasn't a great game from Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think that game was more of, hey, this is just who kind of Jimmy is. And I think the 49ers knew that heading into the season and they were okay with that. That's why they continued to pay him the $27 million uh, that, that they're on the hook for this year. I think that's why they were like, all right, we're going to go with him as opposed to start on the rookie. We don't have to start the rookie. But we need more games like that. And, it, and again, maybe it's not amazing. Maybe it's not great. But it's just like, okay, can you make this throw? Okay, can you throw this screen and not miss it? Can you, you know, throw this pass over the middle? Okay, might be a little bit off target, but great catch Sanu. Like, just have those type of games. And I think the 49ers would be okay with that. Not even the full game, but the second half. Because there's a scenario if they were playing somebody else in that first half. Maybe it could have been, you know, gotten a little bit, um, a little ugly. A little ugly. Here we go. Next up, got my guy, got my guy Doughboy. Then we got Ryan. Then we got my guy Dion. Dion is back. All right. Here we go. Doughboy. What's good, man? How you doing? Man. Top of the morning, Croc. Oh man. Good doing? morning. Good morning. All right. So first things first, man. Debo has to retire a niner. Period. We ain't had it like this since yeah. TO, bro. I can't remember the last yeah, he, receiver he, we it's had. Exciting. That was and, I, you know, I compared it to Debo Samuel a little bit. I mean, uh, Terrell Owens a little bit because Terrell Owens was somebody that he would drop the ball, but he was just so explosive and he makes so many plays where it's like, man, okay, T.O. led the league in drops. He had 15 drops on the year. I don't care. He's getting off. He's making plays. <laughs> I can live with a drop here. And, and that's where I'm at with Debo Samuel as well. Right, man. Um, And then, you know, with, with Brandon, he's been there the whole time. Like, I, I get it, right? He lost a step. But the hands is there. If you let him make a play on the ball, the hands are there. And I feel like the reason why he bulked up like that 
is for this offense. I remember when um when Emmanuel Sanders when he or Emmanuel Sanders when he left and they asked him why you know you know you know why you don't want to come back run it back yada 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 and he was like man you know Kyle got me running through the middle like I'm like I'm a running back you know he got me doing these jet sweeps I'm a receiver I'm not supposed to be running through them big old linebackers <laughs> and and so what so what so you know I remember last year uh, McKinnon when he had the he went live on Instagram. With Debo and Debo asked him the same thing. You coming back next year? You running it back? And he damn near said the same thing. He didn't say Kyle's name, but he was just like, "Man, I'm not playing for that man." You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm already broke up enough. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to be running them plays. So I, I feel like what Brandon did was let me put on these pounds. I'm not tripping. I run through the middle, but let me bulk up for that. You know, the other brothers they over here are getting hurt. Let me be smart about my career, bulk up for them. So when he did that, I feel like maybe that might have. You know, hindered his 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 steps a little bit, but the performance. Uh, so I don't know if he. I, 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 I like it. I really, feel like every time you call him. I don't know if he bulked up. Though. I know I hear a lot of people say that, but Brennan Ayuk, he was already yeah. kind of this sturdy built guy. I, I think we look at him and we're just like, oh, you know, lean, long frame, long arms. I think his limbs are long, but he was what five eleven and a half. 205 pounds coming out. So, like, he's not this, like, thin, frail-built guy. He already has been the kind of, you know, right. just that sturdier-built frame. Uh, now, my guy Brian Peacock thinks, like, nah, I think he's a little bit bigger. I don't think he's 210 or anything like that. I think he's a legit 205 <laughs> um, in that range. As far as kind of losing a step, I think we might have overhyped how fast he was, right? Um, he does have mm -hmm. good run-after-catch uh, ability, but I don't, I don't think he'd ever been just – a pure speedster, like in the sense of I think how people thought, like they were like, nah, he plays at four three speed because he cuts right. some slants and took it to the house. He can run. He's a legit four four type guy. And I think he's more of Debo Samuel speed than you know. And Debo Samuel, he's he's fast and he can run. And he might even have a little bit better acceleration than Brandon Ayuk. But I don't mm -hmm. think Ayuk is just that burner that a lot of people thought. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if he's lost a step. I don't think that's what the issue is. And then the last thing I want to say as far as this team goes is, you know, it's going to look completely different next year. A lot of people are leaving. A lot of guys probably like within the high 20s, 30s. Um, and I just hope that Kyle really has a plan for Trey Lance, man, because that dude is, is talented. And I would hate to see him wasted with the same quarterback coaches. You know what I mean? The same res uh, receiver coordinator. Like, he needs a whole new game plan, a whole new script. And we need a whole new identity next year, I feel like. You know what I'm saying? Because it's going to be a whole new team. It's, it's going to be it's going to be different. And to hold on to the same principles of two years ago, like, come on, get real, man. Like, this is the NFL. It evolves, it changes, and it catches up. Like, look at Andy Reid. Like, they're struggling. Like, because everybody wants to hold on to the same principles. They're still going – they're still doing the Tyreek Hill Kelsey show. That's over with. You know what I'm right. saying? Like everybody's caught up to that. Everybody's caught up to the Frisco run game. You gotta, you gotta think outside the box. I feel like he he finally did a little bit of what we was asking for as far as far as uh, you know play action. Jimmy looked comfortable when you let him run play action, and he could turn around and see that there's nobody in his face. We get the best throws from Jimmy versus. You know that that shotgun and and the rush comes off and 
you know, he's back there scrambling and trying to he's trying to force that slant throw. No matter if it's two or three receivers on him, he don't care. He's trying to fit it in. And I'm, I'm just hoping, man, Kyle really has a plan for us because I feel like the first six years, fine. You know what I mean? You, you, you messed that up. Now for your extension years with us, I'm willing to let Kyle do whatever he has to do to get us on the right track because, you know, if we fire him, he'll get hired quickly. And, and then what? There's no promise that any of these other coaches that are good will want to come coach for us. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if there's a line out the window or out the door trying to line up for Trey. I don't know. Um, but that, that's just my take on it. You know what I'm saying? I just really hope to see our future. It's going to be rough. The next year or two is going to be rough. It is. And I hope that the Niner fans is going to be patient enough to to work through that, especially after this year. If the goal is just to make the playoffs, like, that says a lot. Like, that's your right. goal, <laughs> the wild card. And then we'll pull a and then pull a a, a a New York Giants. Went on the road all the way to I don't know, man. That's, that's far fetched, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, man. Shoes Doughboy. I appreciate we'll you coming see, on. Man. All right, we got my my that was my guy, Doughboy. I uh, appreciate every time he comes on. Yeah, no, nah, I, I do think that there was a plan and I saw somebody touch on it a little bit in here, but uh in the chat. Can't find it right now. But the plan legitimately was to not play Trey Lance. It, it was for a hey, Jimmy go out there and just kind of be what you were in 2019, which everybody looks on that season. And they think that it was just amazing and great by Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the biggest thing was he was efficient on third down. And right now 49ers are one of the worst teams in the league. I think they're 31st in the league uh, behind. They're just slightly, they're better than the Jaguars on third down. But aside from that, everybody else is better. So that's been the biggest difference between Jimmy Garoppolo then and Jimmy Garoppolo now. 49ers haven't been great on third downs. But aside from that, I think he just planned on getting that same kind of Jimmy Garoppolo and being able to win games with that and not playing Trey Lance. Everybody has, and again, this is me kind of just, this is me trying to figure out Kyle Shanahan and listening to the things that he says and taking his word for what he says, whether I'm supposed to or not. But it literally, it truly sounds like his plan was to not play Trey Lance and let him develop more organically. And he doesn't think that forcing him on the field is the best way to go. He does not think, he doesn't think that all experience is good experience. All right. I'm just listening to his words and what he says. I'm assuming that he wanted to bring Trey Lance along to where he can run the offense that he sees fit. Right. And even my guy Doughboy said it, kind of contradicted yourself a little bit, but you said Jimmy Garoppolo works better off of play action. And I think in theory, like that's what Kyle wants to do. And he wants to make sure that when Trey Lance is ready to go, it's in the offense that he sees fit for himself and be able to expand on some of those things with Trey Lance and his ability, but he might not think he's there yet. Now, I did see, see somebody else in the comments say, if Kyle felt like Trey Lance was ready to play, he would play him. And my pushback on that would be, I don't think that any rookie quarterback is just ready. I think the more reps you get, the more live reps, the more you see it, the more experience, you become more ready over time. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that Trey Lance was any more or less ready than anybody else in this class. It's just about, you know, being out there and being able to go through your lumps. And right now, Kyle Shanahan wasn't willing to sacrifice going through those lumps uh, and taking L's to rush the development of them. And again, doesn't feel like maybe that's the best way to go about it. All right, next up, here we go. Got my guy Ryan, man. How you doing, bro? 
Good morning. Good morning, man. How you doing today? Oh, man, I'm chilling, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I guess I say I'm a Jimmy hater because I point out some objective truths about Jimmy and the 49ers, man. It'd be like, dude, I think you just said the stat. We're 31st and third down conversions, and that is terrible. But we're like top five in red zone touchdown score. You know what I mean? But if you're not yeah. producing third downs and you're moving the ball and getting time congestion, that makes it bad for our defense. And I don't think uh, D'Amico Ryan's getting enough credit for a team that's so bad, so poor on third down conversions. But the defense that we've been playing all year is, is with what we have. You know, with a first-year defensive right. coach going through the injuries that he dealt with, man, he deserves a lot more props. And I don't think a lot of people understand what he's doing over there. So that was one of the things that I was calling about. And the okay. Trey Lance situation was um, – how do people think he's going to develop if he sits for three years and no in-game reps? How do you think that's going well, to Okay, hold on. Then push back on that. He's not sitting for three years. He's sitting, He's playing next year. Like, that's facts. Like, he, he's playing next year. I don't year. know. Uh, but I will say this, and I don't know the answer to this, and we've seen just different scenarios with this. There have been guys that have set, sat, and it, and it worked out just fine. They came in, they played, they played well. There have been other guys who played right away, and it worked for them. I think uh, really when we look at it, you know, should guys play right away? Should they sit or whatever? It's really an individual, you know, case. Uh, everybody, you got to look at each case different, right, or individually. And I don't know what the right way is because we've seen it work out all ways. I think, I, you know, we would like to see, hey, put them in there. Let them play right now. But – I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what exactly the right way to do it is. Yeah. I mean, I get that. But I see, like, people say, well, he, he, he's a rookie. He, he, he hasn't had that many um, passing attempts. And I'm like, I get that. But right. that's a whole other year like, like this year with no type of experience. He's only going to be, you know, he's going to have more book sense. But that doesn't mean you have the experience to go out there and, like, you know, um utilize the information you have and play well and so right. that's why i'm a fan of like if jimmy is playing he had his best game this year it was the fourth highest rated game this past sunday so for us it was like oh wow it was the best game we've seen in two years but all the other quarterbacks like ah that was an okay game you know what i mean and it's like this yeah. is the type of situation we've been in over the last three years we need more of, I think, the presence of Jimmy, like where he was. I think it's like that um, Huff. What's his name? Huffinger? Huffinger? Yeah, he Huffinger. has a presence, an aura. Yeah, he has a presence in the aura that he brings. And I don't think Jimmy understands that like, that team needs that more than even just that presence, that aura, that swag. I would like that Steph Curry effect because we're getting, like, we get our bus blown off at home. Like, we're like the worst home team ever. And I think the fans be feeding off of a person that brings some type of swag, some type of his ass. Like, you got to have some sauce out there dripping. You, you in the Bay yeah. Area, you know what I'm saying? Like, where is that? You know what I mean? And I think the team, some young guys, they feed off that. They feed off that swag, you know what I'm saying? So that's what we really need out there. Yeah, no, definitely. Ryan, I'm going to get you off. But, yeah, the 49ers, I appreciate you for coming on. The 49ers definitely can use 
a little bit more swagger, a little bit more just that umph. But uh, that swagger comes with winning. And if you guys remember that 2019 season, I keep going back to 2009. I know it's not 2019, but in the sense of just kind of what it looked like, right? What it felt like, the vibes and the the media team was like rocking and rolling. Remember when Quan Alexander came back in the playoffs and they had the Quan Alexander uh, video and it was like, he's back. And I mean, 49 has got to get that bounce back in their step. And this is definitely not 2019. They got to figure it out though. How can we get as close to that as possible so we can get back to having good vibes, having positive vibes, not just with the team, but as a fan base as well. They're not there right now. They're not there right now. And they got to figure it out. All right, here we go. Got my guy Dion coming on, man. Dion, what's good with you, man? Hey, I'm at. Hey, look, hey, man, check it out. Are you, you a Braves fan? You die hard, man. I love the Dodgers oh, and I love the Braves. Hey, man, I know a lot of Braves fans, man. Uh, the Braves and people might be like, "Oh, man, all these bandwagon." Nah, man, like the Braves have a big fan base because in the nineties nah, with Chipper Jones and Andrew Jones and Glavin yeah, and Maddox and those guys, like. Hey, man. Love, like, people love those Braves, man. Like, they were really big in those days. Look, man, I be on it all night, man. I be on it all day, straight up. <laughs> pip, pip, you want me, you can find me in that. Hey, hey. I'm happy, man. Oh, yeah, let's talk hey. about some 49ers, man. What's good? Yes, sir. <laughs> you know what? This is actually the perfect thing. The 49ers need to do exactly what the Braves did. Man, in August, it looked like our season was over. We was way under 500. We couldn't barely get to it. Then we finally got to 500. We made some trades. We made some moves. Then we pushed forward. So now we made a trade for this pass rusher. I do not want to say his last name because I don't want to screw it up. Um, and I saw a little – yeah, I ain't going to attempt that joint. I saw a little bit of tape on him, and I understand it. But for me, it's a lackluster move strictly based on the fact that that's all we did. The teams in our divisions went and got some marquee names, some marquee players, and got better. And we just drafted a dude who has uh, great pressures this year. We get enough pressure on the quarterback as it is. We never get home. That's the, that's one of our issues. We could be in the backfield all day long, but we don't touch the quarterback as often as we should. Um, but uh, I saw you said Kyle Shanahan fed up. You, you named at the time. What, what, what was going on with that? What, what did you hear that I didn't? Okay, so obviously you have to consider the source, all right? And oh, you had okay. uh, Grant Cohen and KP from Niners Nation up mm. in the media booth, and KP mm. points out, hey, look, like Kyle Shanahan's not, not paying attention to the game. He's over there talking to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? So mm. Grant Cohen talked to somebody that he knows that's, you know, on the 49ers. And again, I tell Ain't people, no it's not hard. If you're around the team, if you're around it, or if you end up kind of being cool with people, it's yeah. not hard to find out certain things. And I, I know a couple of people on this team. One person gives me information. The other one, he's a coach. So I try to respect that, you know, our relationship and keep it more to talking about prospects and things like that. But I can reach out to him and ask like, Hey man, like what's this? But out of respect, I don't. So Grant Cohn, he, he knows somebody and you know, he just asked him like, Hey, what was being said? And it was Kyle Shanahan saying basically to Jimmy Garoppolo, like, can you do this shit? It's hella simple. Like, just get it done. And they had Trey Lance warming up on the sideline during this time, which uh, uh, fans that were there saw Trey Lance warming up. This was before halftime. When the okay, game was really yeah, standing. yeah. I saw that on and Twitter. Jimmy, they said he was warming yeah, up at that. Jimmy okay. went out. Yeah, Jimmy went out, had the 50-yard play. They ended up getting some points uh, before halftime. So that was kind of that whole thing. And it was like, you know, we just touched on 
is is Shanahan starting to reach his breaking point? A few weeks ago, or a couple weeks ago, he said like Jimmy Garoppolo was not one bad game away from being benched. Mm-hmm. And now I do think since that Colts game, that clock has started on Garoppolo. And I think Kyle Shanahan at that time was almost at his breaking point with it. So is he gotcha. fed up with him? I don't know. You you let me know, but clearly yeah. he's sticking with him, so he's not he's not all the way fed up. He's yeah, you can't be all the way fed up if you keep putting the young man on the field. That's the issue. So I, I know that for a fact. If I'm fed up with somebody and their performance, I definitely ain't putting them on the field and I'm not giving them no love. I'm not, you know, boasting them up in the media. You know, I'm not trying to make sure I don't say anything negative to 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 bring down their confidence. I'm going to put, you know, if, if I'm fed up, you're going to get on the bench. The young man going to come in. We're going to make it happen. But if he winds up truly fed up with him, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 I think a lot of it truthfully hinges on what he said. I think Kyle was being truthful for once because he usually lies to us and the media. I think really <laughs> when they, when he sees the chances of their playoff hopes completely gone, he most likely truthfully will see trade Lance because I think what he's saying is, at that point, I know I have no chance to be able to push this team forward in the playoffs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give this young rook as much play as I possibly can. You know, and, and I understand that to an extent. I would love to have seen Trey from the start of the season, but it is what it is. We got to roll with the punches, um, you know, and, and deal with what may come. I don't have any confidence in this game at home because we're at home and we just don't win, man. You know, I know it possibly could be against Colt McCoy, but you don't know, man. Kyler had a little extra time to rest. And, you know, he's going to go out there. Kyler on one leg is better than Colt McCoy on two. So we may or may not see if Kyler's playing that game with the addition of Allen Robinson, along with DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk, you know what I'm saying? And Zach Ertz and AJ Green, Green, not uh, Allen Robinson, but I, I get what you're saying. Well, no, Allen Robinson is on the team now. They just traded him. The Bears traded him huh? to uh, the cards. Yeah. You didn't see that? Wait, who? The Bears, Allen Robinson. Remember the dude from the Jags and the Bears? The receiver? No, he didn't. Did I miss that? Yes. 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 No, don't tell me that. I'm, I swear to yes. I saw that come across Twitter unless I was tripping. And I don't smoke no, no more. Tripping, I, know I, I think you're tripping, bro. Now no. you're tripping. I, 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 no, nah, I don't see anything. I don't see anything saying he's a. I could have sworn it said Allen Robinson traded to the Cardinals. Nah, he's a bear, bro. He's a bear. <laughs> wow, I must have been traded. Somebody, somebody, somebody <laughs> traded somebody to the Cardinals. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I was tripping. You know, uh, but yeah, man, it, it just. With the guys they currently have, it's already enough. A.J. Green, you know, Christian Kirk, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. We don't know if D-Hop will play uh, because of his hamstring that he has. But you saw him even try to go in on limited plays just to be able to do something. So my thing is, is we're at home. We don't win at home. And uh, like uh, I think that was Doughboy that said something about being the Giants and going on a run. If we got to play on the road. I'm perfectly comfortable with us going on the run because we seem to win on the road. <laughs> if we got to be yeah. at home, I'm a little scared. I'm a little skeptical and keeping it a buck. And if anybody wants to, to to be upset with me about that, look at our record at home currently. Those are just facts, people. I'm not saying nothing negative, but I'm in a good mood, baby. We won the World Series. Now I just need I just need my 49ers to start winning more games and keep keep the train rolling. You know what I'm saying? 
And since I bet against them last week and they won, I'm going to bet against them this week. And hopefully they win. And if they win, I'm going to keep doing that all year. And that, that, <laughs> that, that will make that. If that takes us to, to the playoffs, then damn it, I'm, I'm going to do it. I want to make I, any any little superstition I can have that gives us the edge is going to work, man. I'm in too good of a mood to be negative. I don't want nothing, you know what I'm saying, to dim my light or to dim the 49ers light. We will be able to try to pull out of this. And I, I, like I said, at least if we can scratch to that playoffs, that's truthfully all you need. Because at the end of the day, I know it's unrealistic for some teams, but every organization's idea is to come out and win the Super Bowl. That's your that's your job as an organization. Now, whether that's truthfully realistic or not, I, you know, some teams you kind of look at you like, you, you, you know you ain't winning the Super Bowl, right? But – that's your job. That's what you're supposed to do, no matter whether you had the uh, 0-16 season before or, you know, you went 12-5. and 5. Look at the Patriots. They went, what, 17-18-1 and uh, 18 and 1? because they lost the Super Bowl. They was undefeated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we, we can try to pull something off, but it, it all it all matters, you know what I'm saying, on how we play and, and, and keeping dudes rolling. You know, I think George Kittle's supposed to be back. The only thing I feel bad for is Trey Sermon. Because if you look at it, Trey Sermon got pushed down the depth chart as soon as Jermichael Hasty came back. And when Jeff Wilson Jr. gets back, he's going to get shoved further down that depth chart. And that's messed up. You you spent the high round pick on that kid. He ain't do nothing to deserve to be pushed down that far. He should be out there as a one-two punch with Elijah Mitchell, just like you did. Because Jermichael Hasty honestly hasn't done much of anything since you put him in the game and he's been back. I, I, don't, I don't really see a big difference. And I understand he may know the offense, but... Trey Sermon is is definitely, you know, a guy that 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 ran the ball well when he had his opportunities. Um, so we just have to figure things out, man. It is it's a task, but you know, Debo right now, he out there running. He 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 gonna he gonna mess up some commas. I ain't gonna say the, the F word, but he gonna mess up some commas <laughs> next year, bro. Shout out to future. Yeah. He gonna mess them commas up. Cause if he keep going the way he's going and he can get into double digit touchdowns, like say Debo gets anywhere between I say about 12 to 15. Oh, yeah, his agent finna walk in there and look at Jed York. Like, I, I know you want to open your pockets, baby. How deep are we opening them pockets? Yeah, nah, they're going to come, man. Dion, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Brock, nothing but love to you, baby. Glad to see the internet is back, man. And your phone was working proper yesterday, man. It was crispy. You ain't had I no know, problem. but it was just I know my it's whole hard vibe to do was everything. off, though. Yeah, my I got whole you. vibe, seeing the chat, how everything's all constructed, talking into my mic, the whole vibe was off, and I was like, this is how I can't do it. I got you, man. <laughs> Number love to you, baby. Appreciate you, man. Right. And uh, everybody out there, like and subscribe. And shout out again. Congrats to the wife, you know, on the job and everything, man. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you, big dog. Yes, sir. All right. All right. That was my guy, Dion. Coming up next, I got my guy, Mike. Hey, if you haven't already, make sure you guys hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We got over 300 people in, in here watching live right now. All right. But how my guy Marco said earlier, 62% of people watching live are not subscribed to this YouTube channel. So hit that subscribe button, click the chat down, hit the like button, pop back into the chat. I appreciate everybody that's in here. And I've talked about it before, man. We're like a family. I see our family arguing amongst themselves in the chat, man. That's not what this is about. We're talking about 49ers football. We're trying to get some good vibes. We're trying to talk through just really just this, this, this process that the 49ers are going through and what's the right way to go about it. Is there a right way? Where are they headed? What's the trajectory? They got a big game coming up. This Sunday, all right? Let's be cool with each other. Let's love each other. Over 300 people in here. Make sure you guys like, subscribe. And if you haven't been here for the entirety of this episode, 
shortly after this. It will be up on Apple, Spotify, you know, and whatever streaming site that you use to listen to your podcast. All right. So yeah, man, this is going live. Make sure if you haven't already do that underdog fantasy promo code Crocky. We'll get into some more of that later. And, uh, my guy, Abel, oh, I ain't click it. Abel, what up, man? Shot me the 10 bucks. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to keep that up there. But as I keep that up, let's keep these positive vibes going. My guy, Mike, is coming on. He has some things that he wants to say. Here we go. What up, Mike? What's going on, Crack? Hey, man, thanks for being patient with me. Not a problem. Not a problem. Appreciate you letting me so, on your so, platform, man. Shout out to you, man. Oh, you already know. So you, you had a take, man. You had a take. And uh, you you put it in the private chat, but I want you to you know just get that out amongst the fans and and let's talk through that. All right, yeah. So I basically said Jimmy is only a complimentary piece. He's not a superstar, man. And uh, I think with Jaded from the yesteryears of legendary quarterbacks from this organization, and we expect elite play out of him, and that's not necessarily the case here. Uh, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo needs an elite run game. I want to say elite to complement his style of quarterbacking. Uh, right. As long as we don't have that, he's going to struggle. And we saw him make plays with his legs, which is something that he doesn't do. Well, I feel like something we haven't seen him do since he tore his ACL because he was running the ball when that happened. And ever since then, he's kind of been a shell of himself. And what we expect from Jimmy Garoppolo is, is I just feel like it's a little, it's out of touch, it's out of place. It's not who he is. Right. And and I agree in the sense of and and the way I kind of describe this is, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not he's not the playmaker, right? And uh right. I believe I listened to it was uh not Ian Rappaport. Who's the other one that does the draft stuff? Not Top McShay. Well, anyways, it was one of those mainstream media guys. And one thing that they said was you're either a tractor, I mean you're either a truck or you're a trailer, right? A truck. He can pull the offense. He can get, you know, he can make plays on his own. He doesn't really need the offense to, you know, just consistently create everything for him and always put him in position because he can make plays. And that would be like Kyler Murray, right? Or even, and we saw some of this from Trey Lance, right? Trey Lance, he's a, he's a truck. He eventually be able to pull this team and be able to win in multiple ways. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's more of a trailer. Daniel Jeremiah, there, thanks, Zach. Uh, Zach, that, that's exactly who it is, Daniel Jeremiah. But you have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's more of a trailer, right? He's kind of going to be pulled along with the offense, right? You're going to have to really lean heavily on Kyle Shannon. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as your team is constructed uh, to be able to win that way. And when you look at it right now, maybe not so much. Maybe they need somebody that's going to do it. We're going to find that out. But, yeah, as you know, just in the sense of who Jimmy Garoppolo is, he's, he, he, you're right. He's not that superstar. He kind of needs the coach to be the superstar and him be able to play off of that. Right. And I think the elephant in the room is Raheem Mostert is obviously the best offense we have thus far. Uh, he was in 2019 when Jimmy Garoppolo didn't even have to barely throw against the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. And, I mean, we blew them out the water, right? So, clearly, right. that's what that's what wins us games. Uh, based on the style of offense that Kyle Shanahan is running with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. And uh, I believe we're going to see something slightly different with Trey Lance and his ability to move the ball with his legs and stretch out plays. And uh, I think that's when we'll probably see a little bit more of Trey Sermon as well. 
I don't know if uh, his style of run play actually fits the package that we need right now. We need somebody to be able to one cut, hit the hole, if that's what we're doing inside, or hit the outside run, right? The sweeps right. and things like that, and one cut and just get up the field. Raheem Mostert does that better than anybody I've ever seen outside of uh, Terrell Davis, right? Or I could even go further back as a Marcus Allen or something, right? Uh, you just don't see that anymore these days. And and that's what made Jimmy Garoppolo look good, is having that threat of somebody being able to hit the outside and go 80. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and now that we don't have that, although Mitchell's doing really, really well. I was going to say, no do you think Mitchell's kind of developing into that? Yeah, no, Mitchell is getting there. And uh, he just, his vision is getting there. It is going to take time for Mitchell to develop. I mean, what, this is his, you know, sixth game or something like that? Uh, I mean, come on now. The kid's got, you know, he's he's going to get there. He's, he needs the time to develop and be able to see those holes. Uh, I watched all 22, and there were some, some plays out there that he I know he wish he would have had back. And and, and I saw those, too. I, you could see it. Like, being I, a rookie. I, I, I told people, and I know Khalil Herbert, like some of it would kind of be overshadowed because his second half was not good, right? 49ers held him to like six yards on 10 carries in the second half. They did a tremendous job. Right. First half, it was very clear how clear Herbert was running, and I thought he did a terrific job with his vision. Now, I'm talking about Herbert from the Bears. Uh, just yeah, the way he was running, how he was seeing the holes, uh, how he was setting up blockers. And I'm like, that's – on a consistent basis, that's what, that's what Elijah Mitchell needs, right? Now, yes. Elijah Mitchell – when he does hit, when he does see it, and he does, I mean, he hits it big, right? But there's just some carries where you can see, like, oh, he ran into the back of this guy, but man, if he would have cut back here, maybe he would have picked up seven, eight yards, nine yards, ten yards. So right, he's right. leaving some yards on the field. That doesn't mean that he's not running well. That doesn't mean that he's, you know, can't continue to improve and get better. But I would say this: if he's running for 140 yards and and missing yards under there. I mean, we got, we got, we got something. <laughs> we got yeah, something. no, definitely, we got something. When when you see the raw talent like that, that's what makes you excited, right? Because it's like, wow, wait right. till this, wait till next year, wait till next year, wait till he's, you know, three, four year season, season veteran, you know, and and he's gonna, he has the potential to be an elite player, right? So we see that now, we're excited about it, and and shouts out to to Elijah Mitchell, man, coming from, you know, the college he came from. Uh, that's that's dope, right? Yeah, raising cages. Hey, real quick, real quick, Mike. I, I want to ask you this. Uh, you know, so we got a uh, double, double B studio right here. He says, if Jimmy is a trailer, why he getting paid like a truck? So, what are kind of your thoughts on the contract of Jimmy Garoppolo? How it was constructed? Because I have my thoughts on how it's constructed. I, I don't think the way that it was constructed was that of someone that's a truck, right? Like they have all these outs, and I think they kind of knew, like, oh, we're not exactly right. sure exactly what he is. But do you think that maybe? constructed it that way on purpose because maybe they weren't 100% sold and what Jimmy Garoppolo is and they wanted some outs just in case he wasn't going to be that truck or even high-level trailer? Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the way – if you look at the dynamics of sports, right, what's what's the highest-paid sport that we watch? Uh, baseball, right? Most of the time, all those contracts are 100% guaranteed, right? Then you go to basketball, football – Football, everybody has an out. Every every team has an out. So some guys get paid, some guys don't. Jimmy Garoppolo is just in the same long line of all the other 49er quarterbacks that we had for the past 10, 15 years. We've always 
fluffed it up to look like we gave them some money, but in the long run, we don't really pay you if it don't pan out. And that's just really how we've always done it. I got an argument with my cousin. He's saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is the highest paid quarterback. I said, bro, that must have lasted like a whole five hours, maybe two, three days max. <laughs> and then he yeah. fell back in line with everybody else. So he's not getting paid like a truck. He's getting paid like an NFL quarterback. That's a starter. He may get a few extra perks here and there based on whatever his contract is. I don't know what that is because I haven't seen the paperwork, uh, but you could probably find it somewhere, right? It's, it's, it's uh, public information, right? Yeah, uh, from to, to my knowledge. Uh, so if you look at it and you compare it, he's not getting paid like Patrick Mahomes. He's not getting paid like any of these other elite quarterbacks that are getting top dollar. His, Someone said he's getting Tom Brady money. Average at best. And I, and I huh? will agree on that, right? Someone said, yeah. uh, my guy Trice, he said he is getting, he says he's getting uh, Tom Brady money. And that's because Tom Brady has been willing to take so many pay cuts. And even, you know, at the later part of right. his year, uh, career, Going to Tampa, he wasn't probably gonna. He probably, I mean, I, he could have gotten whatever he wanted. But, but we're talking whatever about the situation two, two was. people from. We're also talking about two people from two different eras, right? Tom Brady is what yeah. 15, 16 years in. How many, how many right. years has Jimmy Garoppolo got in? I mean, we're not even talking about the same era when we're talking quarterback and, and the type of money he's getting. Tom Brady money now, but he don't have Tom Brady money. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not the same. We comparing apples to oranges at that at that point. And I he think did make a lot of money though. I, I yeah, say he that. did. Make I see. Money. Yeah, yeah my, our guy Manny he says 126 million for a never a quarterback that's never on the field. Yeah, he he probably made. But again, that the way the contract was constructed, they had a bunch of outs. And really, if you look at his uh, yearly averages, he's more middle of the pack now. So they kind of got out ahead of it. They had their outs in the contract. They could have gotten rid of him two years ago if they really wanted to, right? Like, if he was just trash, they could have let him go. Obviously, they let him right. do some things, work through some things. He had some injuries. And at any moment, they could have let go if need be. When they went to go to look into Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson this offseason, if they wanted to get right. one of those quarterbacks, they could move on from Jimmy Garoppolo with very minimal cap hit. I think it was like four, $4 million cap hit or something like that. So the way it was constructed, it, you could tell that there was a little bit of like, oh, we're not exactly sure who this guy is. Just as easily as it is to keep him, right? It's just, right. just They could let him go as easy as it is to keep him. Let's not forget, the 49ers are frugal when it comes to paying, right? The only person we really paid is Trent Williams. And even then, there's a lot of money that could be left on the table if he don't pan out, right? It's only right. so much money that Trent gets, right, based on his contract. A lot of incentives, that's what we throw at people. That's what we throw at players. Yeah, you get the money up front, but in the back end, you start to see it dwindle down. You know what I mean? And if we could keep Jimmy this year and next year, somehow that contract worked out for us, clearly based on our uh, – history of, of frugalness we don't pay players you've never seen us go after a a guy in the offseason and pay him big bucks like a top tier wide receiver or anything like that or a cornerback or anything that a lot of these 49 fans are asking for we haven't done that never have we ever done it so i don't think it should be expected at this point and uh yeah jimmy garoppolo's contract is 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 mid-level it's it's not really as much money as you would think it is Damn, Mike, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. No, Crock. All right. That was my guy, Mike. That's what's up. Had him on here. Here we go. We got uh, Barn Barn, Bam Bam. 
Uh, time to move on. I got my glasses on. I still can't. Let me let me zoom in on this real quick so I can get this name right. Bam, bam. All right, there we go. Uh, time time to move on from Moster. Highly injury prone. Stop hanging on to guys who aren't reliable. Uh, one season in a committee isn't enough. Yeah, definitely think that they're going to be in. The, you know, move on from Raheem Moster. I think right now they have a decent dynamic. But again, every time I feel like I have the 49ers running back situation figured out, I don't. Heading into this year, I'm like, oh, okay, you got Raheem Mostert. You got, uh, you know, you got the, the, the rookie, Trey Sermon. You drafted him in the third round. Like, that's going to be this one-two punch. It's going to be dynamic. Well, two carries in, <laughs> Raheem Mostert was out of there, right, for the entire year. And then it's like, okay, well, now it's the Trey Sermon show. That was your third-round pick. And it's like, uh, no, we only want to give him the ball. Remember against Philadelphia, uh, it was, you know, well, the Lions, boom, it's Elijah Mitchell. I don't even think Trey Sermon was suited up against the Lions, right? Then he start off on uh, just the inactive list, a healthy scratch. Go to the Eagles game, Sermon is healthy, but now nah, Elijah Mitchell's getting all the carries. And then I think Elijah Mitchell kind of went down with the shoulder, and then it was like, all right, now it's Trey Sermon time. No, it was hasty time. And then hasty got hurt. So then it's like, okay, now it's Sermon time. No, no, Sermon has one carry, and he ends up with a concussion. He gets hit like 10 times before he hits the ground. And then they had to go with uh, Cannon, I believe his name is. So uh, it's never really been Trey Sermon time, and I've always tried to figure out, like, the running back situation, but I stopped. If I had to guess, I'd say moving forward, they're going to go with, you know, some combination of Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon. Hopefully he starts to run how they want, and then you also – he Hasty's going to be around, but – I feel like every year when I try to, you know, predict and 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 try to guess what this running back room is going to be like and what they're going to do, I'm damn near wrong every single time. So it's really hard to get in the mind of Kyle Shanahan and how he feels about the running back situation. But running backs are plug and play. I'm surprised they spent the third round pick on the guy, especially with uh, the, especially with a lot of the uh, 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 what they've gotten out of these guys, the production they've gotten out of some of these guys that are, you know, undrafted picks or late round picks. And it's like, now nah, let's trade up third round for a guy. And then you don't even play. That's what the 49ers have messed up. They botched so many of these running. Like, it's like for a team that doesn't value the running back position, they value the running back position, right? Look at what they did right away. It's like, oh, yeah, let's go out and uh, let's get a Jerick McKinnon and let's get Tevin Coleman and, you know, uh, Joe Williams. And they traded, people don't remember this, they traded a fourth round pick for Cabri Bibbs the first year they showed up. A fourth-round pick for Capri Bibbs. Who is he? He didn't even make the team. All right, so they also drafted Joe Williams that year. None, neither one of those guys even played. They went with the undrafted guy in uh, uh, Breda, and they played with Hyde. And then moving forward, they went. They spent all this money on uh, Jarek McKinnon, and, and then they ended up getting, what, Tevin Coleman, and that stuff didn't work out. Neither one of those guys really were the guy, but they spent a bunch of money on them just to play Jeff Wilson. And let him even and, and play Raheem Mostert. So it's like, why do you guys keep putting a lot of resources into the running back position? You think at some point, and you know me, I'm not really typically critical of the team, but I try to see it from their perspective. But that's the one I don't understand. You put a lot of resources at the running back position only to play the guys that you took either late round, had undrafted, or a guy like Raheem Mostert, who was a special teamer on the roster. Hasty. Like not drafted, like you play him over the third round pick. So I'm really confused with how they do this running back position and kind of what their thought process is. Because again, it's like they don't value it, but then when they do value it, they don't even play the guys that they're valuing. Really curious. I think with Mitchell being a rookie, I'm glad Wilson is coming back just in case 
and he hits a rookie wall. Yeah, that's that's actually a great point, Abel. Uh, you got a lot of times rookies, you know, especially coming out of college, like they're not playing seven, especially now it's 17 games. They're not playing that most of the time in college. All right, now some of these teams, they are playing in the college football playoffs, so they're playing a little bit more. But for a majority of these teams, they're playing 11, 12 games. And to go from that to the NFL where, you know, everything is is, is football and, and the seasons are longer and then you have the playoffs, at some point a lot of times you do see rookies hit that rookie wall. Hopefully, you know, a guy like Mitchell doesn't hit that wall, but I do think that having, you know, Jeff Wilson come back definitely helps, right? Now, the one thing they will miss with Mitchell, because as well as Jeff Wilson runs, he's still not like a home run threat. Well, Mitchell, I think I'm I'm, I'm looking at how he runs, and I, I really feel like he threatens teams with his speed. Again, I don't think he runs or plays at that 4-3 speed that he ran, and it was like 4-3-8 or something like that. I don't think he plays at that, right? You got to look at Mitchell. He's listed at... Mitchell is listed at 5'10", 201 pounds or something like that, right? That's not really what he is. He weighed in at the senior bowl at like 218 pounds. So he lost a lot of weight to run his 40, but I think naturally him just walking around, he's more of a 218, 220-pound back. So I think at that rate, he still has good speed, but I think he's more of a 4'4", four, 5'5 four, guy, but with that legit size. He's People think he's a smaller back. He's not a small back. I think he's le- legitimately playing at like 220, all right? But um, definitely see how, you know, his body continues to hold up. This is a guy who, you know, after getting the bulk of the carries for two straight games, he ended up hurting his shoulder and missed some time. Right now he's running strong. Hopefully he doesn't hit that rookie wall. Here we go. Got a contribution. Double B Studio. Uh, usually we can see players get rewarded with more playing time on the field. Results you uh, get the best chance to win. Heard your story and what happened to you. Is there a line that needs to be drawn? Uh, what what story? Because I've told a lot of stories <laughs> about my time, my playing, my playing time, whether it was uh, really at every, every level. So I'm not exactly sure what story you're talking about, but uh, let me know what story. Then I'll, you know, obviously I'll touch on that. Again, I appreciate everybody that's in the chat. Over 350 of you guys. Again, 62% of you guys aren't subscribed to the channel. So make sure if you're not already, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. We're here every morning. All right, except for yesterday. I don't know, some weird Wi-Fi issues. We had like a little storm come through. But we're here every morning, 6.30 a.m. Pacific time, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. All right, come in, check in with us, subscribe, click that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. And now this show is, we're getting, we're getting the, uh, it's going to be on the whatever podcast streaming site you use. We're loading it up to that now. Also, I have uh, Locked On 49ers. Make sure you guys listen to that, Locked On NFL Draft as well. Double B Studio, I'm still waiting. What 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 story was it that I told? Because you know, I've told a lot of stories from my playing my playing days. All right. And if for those of you who don't know, um, that may be new to the show or just now watching, I played in the arena league. You know what I'm saying? Still got this uh my daughter took my my ring. I leave my ring out right here. It's come it came in this. It's a big, nice, shiny ring. But my wife, she thinks it's something to kind of play with. I mean, not my wife, excuse me, my daughter. But I played in the arena league. Uh, I was in the NFL with the New York Jets. So a lot of times I'll come on and I'll tell stories about Rex Ryan and what it was like, the quarterback controversy or battle between Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith. I touched on that and what that felt like, you know, just being in the locker and how that whole thing was. Um, but yeah, talk about all that. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, let me know. 
let me know if you, uh, Double Double B Studio, let me know if you find out, uh, you know, if you could tell me what, what exactly story you're talking about. Uh, Grant Cohen, Elijah Mitchell is Charlie Garner 2.0. Nah. Nah. Charlie Garner was like this, like, it was like the poor man's version of like Barry Sanders. You know, I think maybe, do they wear the same number? Wasn't Charlie Garner number 25? And that's what Elijah Mitchell is wearing? Maybe that's what Grant Cohen's seeing. But Charlie Garner was this, uh, 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 like, you know, he was kind of like, he was kind of like a, like a LaShawn McCoy before LaShawn McCoy. If I remember correctly, now this is years ago, but from what I remember of Charlie Garner, I haven't heard that name come up in a while. I believe he was number 25. So they wear the same number, but Charlie Garner was more of this like shifty uh, uh, type guy. I think Elijah Mitchell in theory is just more one cut, but he does have a little elusiveness to him. He he does. Maybe, maybe there's some Charlie Garner to him. Charlie Garner was good. I like Charlie Garner. Appreciate that. Appreciate the contribution. Okay, here we go. Let's see. Uh, the story where they benched you when you were playing good because of off the field. Okay. So the story that he's saying right now, and then I'll, I'll kind of tie that to your uh, other contribution. All right. But uh, my senior year in college, I went to Division II school, University of Arkansas, Monticello. And I was a uh, senior, senior. I was a captain, all that good stuff. Played the first couple of games of the season. I did well. Um, I don't think I gave up a catch. All right. The next game we played against OBU, we lost. I maybe gave up two catches for like, 15 yards, something like that. One play was like a screen play for like 12 yards, whatever it was. All right. But nothing like too crazy. Walked in and I was like benched. Right. And I, I couldn't figure out why. Like, why am I benched? They then had this whole blowout and I tried to fight the coaches. They don't know I'm from 209. I'm really about that. All right. But anyways, um, didn't understand like what the heck was going on, you know, but uh, came back and I went and I talked to the coach the next day. I was ready to go back to California, ready to go back to Stockton where I probably would have gotten in a lot of trouble. All right. But uh my coach was like, I don't like the way you've been carrying yourself. You know, I don't think you've been a great example, you know, for the the, the freshmen around or whatever. So, you know, uh, the way you've been practicing all this stuff, which I just didn't know. Like, man, just tell me. Why does it have to blow up? And I try to fight everybody. And that stock didn't really come out of me. And, you know, didn't want all that. But uh, I learned a lesson from that one from a coaching standpoint. If I have an issue with the way a kid is, you know, carrying himself, talk to, to them so it doesn't just explode, uh, you know, out of nowhere. But two, sometimes, you know, guys don't like, coaches don't like the way the guys are carrying themselves. So here we go. Uh, usually when players get rewarded with more playing time on the field, results give you the best chance to win. Yeah, if if you're doing the right, okay, so yeah, as opposed to, so if you're if we're looking at Elijah Mitchell and, and uh, Trey Sermon and why maybe Trey Sermon isn't getting as much love, there could potentially be something off the field where they don't, like something they're seeing with Trey Sermon and maybe how he's carrying himself, maybe how he's preparing. Sometimes when you're a third-round pick, especially Trey Sermon, who had been doing well in, in uh, OTAs, I believe it was, and then training camp, it started to look a little more weird. But maybe people are looking and they're like, ah, all right, uh, we don't really like to receive. But, man, this Elijah Mitchell. I like how he's carrying himself. I like what he's doing. I don't like how Trey Sermon's carrying himself. I don't care if he was a third-round pick and we traded up to get you. It's this six-round pick, though. He's doing everything that we want. He's looking good. We're playing him. And that and and I and I will say this about the 49ers. I respect that that's what they do. Like I respect that they like regardless of, you know, what your status is, there's no it's not this like politically driven agenda, but it's just like if you're doing your thing, we're going to play you. 
I really liked it. I appreciate the contribution. I hope that answered it. I did. Hey, I had to tell him. I had to tell him. Because, you know, at this time, really, and some of you guys know my, my story, uh, you know, I was out of school from, I played as a freshman uh, in junior college. Then I was out of school for three years. So between those years, I mean, I'm just working and doing all kind of crazy stuff, robbing stores, all kind of crazy stuff, right? And then uh, 2019, I go back to junior college. So by the time I went, I mean, not 2019, excuse me, 2009, I went back to junior college. So by the time I went to the university, I was a 23-year-old senior, right? So like, to me, it's like, bro, I'm a grown man. So y'all not going to talk to me crazy like y'all talk to these 18-year-old freshmen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So one of the coaches says something crazy, and I'm just like, man, come on, step outside. And it didn't go past that, but, uh, and I still, even then, I'm not saying I handled that right. I, you know, I definitely handled that uh, the wrong way, but uh, we resolved it. I'm, I'm tight with uh, one of the coaches who I didn't call this coach, Coach Scott. I didn't call him outside, but Coach Scott, that's my guy. Uh, you know, we're tight to the, We still talk. I just wish he would have told me, like, Coach, you couldn't talk to me before this whole thing exploded? <laughs> Crock hit legs. Hey, man, like, when I was, and you got to know where I'm growing, where I grew up. It, you know, you just see people do whatever they got to do. And at this time, I was, what, 19 years old. I just had a son. And, you know, I ain't had no guidance, man. That's why now I do what I do. I train all these athletes, man. And, and I try to be a, a sort of, uh, you know, guidance for a lot of these kids. Because everything I did, you know, could have been all thrown away and never had the opportunity to be on here with 350 of y'all. So, again, make sure y'all hit that like button. Make sure y'all subscribe. Underdog Fantasy. Promo code Crocky. All right, all that good stuff. Man, I appreciate everybody in here. We've been on here for exactly, what, an hour and a half. I appreciate all y'all, my family and friends. We'll be right back here tomorrow morning. Same time, same place. I'm out. Peace. Intercepted. It is picked up by Aaron Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace.